Good morning, Fair Hill. All right. So this week, we are in a week of transition. We are transitioning out of James and into our Advent season, which you've put together by now. And we also kind of have one foot in the world of Thanksgiving and one foot in the world of Christmas. Maybe a, a reluctant foot in the world of Christmas. So to ease this transition, I want to focus today on Thanksgiving. So you had to kind of go at it, and maybe you didn't do as well as you hoped to. Well, let's talk about Thanksgiving this week. Now, we know intellectually that we have a lot of reasons to be a thankful people. We know that intellectually. You have a thousand reasons to be thankful. I have a thousand reasons to be thankful. And yet, we have to admit that oftentimes we are not as thankful as we should be. I had to recognize this week that I was struggling to be thankful. That as I was anticipating Thanksgiving, I was recognizing that maybe my heart wasn't set on just jumping in and giving thanks. And so I was wrestling with, with what it would look like to, to pursue Thanksgiving, to actually build it up. And we recognize that it's actually much more difficult than we expect it to be. Because Thanksgiving, you can't just, you can't just drop it on top. Thanksgiving starts really deep down. It starts in our hearts, it starts with our emotions, it starts with kind of so much of our understanding of ourselves and God. So that Thanksgiving is kind of this climactic, kind of reaching all, you know, combining all of these things and culminating in thanks. It actually takes a lot to be a thankful people. And so, I want to focus today on how we can actually build that Thanksgiving. And we're going to be looking at it by someone who is kind of the pinnacle example of thankfulness in the Bible. This is a leper who was a Samaritan. And he had this encounter with Jesus, and he has a unique thanksgiving as a result. So today, we're going to learn three things about thanksgiving and thankfulness. First of all, we're only going to be thankful if we recognize how undeserving we are of the great mercy of God. If we can connect the fact that we are blessed to the ultimate blesser. And if we recognize just how needy we are for the mercy of Jesus Christ. As we kind of foster those things in our hearts, we'll have true thanksgiving. Because we do have a lot to be thankful for. Especially when we recognize just what we really deserve in light of our sin. And how much mercy we've found in Christ. So, turn with me to Luke 17, verses 11 through 18. That's Luke 17. Making you flip a lot in these Bibles. Here, I'll give you a good, good clue on this one. This is 876 in the Black Bibles. 876. Verses 11 through 19. All right. It's an extra verse in this one. No, no, I wrote it down wrong. All right. Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, 
praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you might use your word by your spirit to show us how to be a thankful people. Father, we have lots to be thankful for, but our hearts are often not in it. So we ask that you would reveal to us just how gracious and merciful, what a good giver you really are, that we may be full of, of joy and thanksgiving. Not only in this season, Father, but, but in every season, in every walk of life. We pray in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right, so... We're going to first start out with the most obvious thing we need to be thankful. We need something to be thankful for. And Thanksgiving is going to come when you are really undeserving and get something that you do not deserve. That's the recipe for Thanksgiving, is that you are undeserving but give something that you are completely undeserving of. So let's jump into the story. So this is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. He is going to Jerusalem actually with the intent of being crucified. He knows that that is where he's going. But in the meantime, he stops by at a small village. In verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now in this recipe for thankfulness, Luke has a very specific person that he chooses to be the thankful one. Not that he chooses, it, it happened in scripture, but it's appropriate. That the most thankful person, the example of thankfulness was a leper. Now just so we're on the same page, what is leprosy? A leper is someone with leprosy. Maybe you needed that, that on the same page. But a person with leprosy, uh, this is kind of a catch-all for various skin diseases in the ancient world. It's usually described as when, when the skin turns white. It kind of crusts over. And it's cracking and crumbling. It's usually caused by a bacteria. And a bacteria that actually kills the nerves of usually your limbs first. And what it does is it keeps you from feeling pain. And so without the pain receptors, people with leprosy, they kind of injure themselves over and over and over until those injuries start to compound and their kind of whole body starts to become warped and kind of gnarled. So there's, there are 10 of these people. That is what it means to be, to be leprous. But that, that's the physical aspect of it. There's also the social and spiritual aspect that we need to understand. For these people, they were outcasts. They were rejected, they were shunned, they were ostracized. And it wasn't just so that you didn't get the disease. That's true. That's why they were partially alienated from the rest of the people. But it was also so you didn't catch the shame. That you didn't catch the, the spiritual uncleanness that leprosy provided. So there's a, a different dimensions to this suffering. 
We notice the lepers are standing far off. They stood at a distance. They're secluded. So why is someone with leprosy kind of the prime example of someone to be thankful? Well, they have so little. They have, they have nothing. And so this is someone who has, has absolutely nothing coming to Jesus who can offer them everything. That is the prime example and the prime setup for thankfulness. To have absolutely nothing and be given everything. And, and they have nothing. Physically, they are dying. The disease is, is ravishing their body. Socially, they are as good as dead in this society. They have no friends. They have no family. They have kind of their... Hopefully, if there are other people with leprosy, they can, they can spend time with them. But otherwise, they're all alone. And spiritually, this is the hard part for us to understand in our culture, is they are spiritually rejected. So that they couldn't go to feasts. They couldn't go to the court of the temple. They couldn't actually go to the place of worship. They couldn't, couldn't really go to church in that day. And they were rejected from being in the special presence of God. That God was actually, had pulled himself away. So that is the state of these lepers. Now how does that help us? We who are non-leprous people, we are normal people. Well in the Bible, leprosy is a symbol of sin. It's symbolic of it. I'm not saying that people with leprosy were sinners but it's an image that's used to help us understand our state before God. That in our sin, we have spiritual leprosy. That's the point. That physically, sin has taken advantage of our body. It has marred it. And we are moving ever towards death. That socially, sin has created conflict and abuse and misuse between other people so that, so that we are isolated socially from one another as a result of sin. And sin has left us spiritually isolated. So that in sin, we are actually cast from the presence of God. That happened with Adam, and that is still the state of many. Cast from relationship with God. God cannot stand to be with us. That is where we are left in our sin. We are spiritual lepers. Now, as a spiritual, and it's, ah, it's even worse than, than leprosy in a sense, because in our sin, we're responsible. That's where you wouldn't point your finger and say that someone with leprosy is, has done something wrong. No, it's, it's unfortunate. But spiritual leprosy, it's actually a result of our own sin, that we bring it upon ourselves and we are responsible for our state before God. And so we'd ask the question, what does a spiritual leper deserve? What do we deserve? And we have to say, at best, we deserve nothing. We deserve nothing. That we've rejected the God and, and we have pulled away from him. We, in our sin, have kind of despised God and he owes us nothing. Now, when I say nothing, I mean nothing. Like, he doesn't owe you food. He doesn't owe you life. He doesn't owe you the comfort of a house. He doesn't owe you anything. 
And I'll say that even more than that, he, he owes you the negative. He owes you punishment and justice and wrath. That we, we like to think that we are entitled to certain things. And that is what we are entitled to. That in our sin, we are, we are entitled to the punishment of God. Now that, that is the harsh reality of our state before God. And if that is our reality, then we can come to God with only, in only one way. We cry to him for mercy. We cry to him for mercy. And that's what these lepers do. That shouting from their position of across the court, shouting out to Jesus, they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, mercy is not earned. You don't work hard for mercy. No, mercy is, is given freely. And the lepers, they're crying out for God to do anything to help them. To please out of God's free will to, to save them. And as spiritual lepers, that should be our, our relationship with God. Is that we can never demand anything. We don't expect anything. He doesn't owe us anything. At best, everything that we receive is because of mercy. That he is merciful towards us, giving us more than we deserve. Now that is our position before God. We are ripe to be thankful people. That these lepers have nothing. And we have nothing before God. But that doesn't make us thankful. No, you guys don't look like a thankful bunch hearing that. Because yeah, there hasn't been a response. How does Jesus respond when we cry out to mercy? Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. Without like a, a grand show, without a lot of pizzazz, Jesus heals them. And he simply tells them, just go and show yourselves to the priests. But actually, way back in Leviticus, you're told to do that as a leper. That when you're cleansed, you go to the priest and he kind of verifies it. And so these men are told to go before they are healed to the priest. And as they are on their way, each one of them is healed. Now we can imagine what that means for them. The physical, social, and spiritual restoration of these, these lepers. That physically, their gnarled bodies kind of start to, start to relax. That their, their crippled gait, it, it straightens out. Socially, they are now free to go back to their families, back to their loved ones, back to their homes. And spiritually, for the first time, they are able to go into the temple courts. They're able to go to the feasts. They're able to worship together with the other people of God. Hopefully with a new appreciation for it. So these lepers, they cried out for mercy. And was God merciful? Absolutely. He had abundant mercy on these lepers who had nothing. And I would ask that, do we recognize that God has blessed us as well? That in our spiritual leprosy, he has blessed us. See, it's easy to miss the blessing. Right? We could be sitting there, eating a piece of pecan pie, 
with all of our family around us in the comfort of our homes. And we miss the fact that, that God's hand is all over this stuff. That he is blessing us abundantly. Because you recognize that in God's providence, he could just make sure that we never get anything. That every good thing is from his hand. That you don't have any good thing without him sovereignly ordaining for it to be yours. Now what if, think with me, what if God completely withdrew his blessing? He completely withdrew his hand. What would that look like? For no good thing to be given to us. And, and we have to think very extreme. Okay, so no, no color. No sight. No music. No taste. No pleasure. No laughter. No beauty. No comfort. No freedom. None of those things. No relationships with one another. What would be left? Very little, right? The things that we have created, we, maybe fear, anxiety, pain, cruelty, darkness. That is the world without God's sovereign hand, without his blessing. That, that's what the world would be like. And so we have to recognize that our lives are blessing on blessing on blessing. And mercy on mercy on mercy. That we stand constantly filled with the good gifts of God. Gifts that we do not deserve. And that's not just true for Christians. We tend to think that, no, okay, that's, that's true for Christians. But no, this is true for everyone. That God in his common grace, common, common to everyone, he graciously bestows gifts on every single person. He gives sunlight to the good and to the evil. He sends his reign upon the just and the unjust. That God abundantly blesses everyone in his world with a personal world that highlights his character. That he is giving goodness in every single second, every single moment to all of us. Now that, that's reason for thankfulness. But on top of that, that's kind of the normal stuff and then God goes on top of that to give us special grace. That those who would receive it cry out for mercy from Jesus. And Jesus, just as he heals the lepers, heals our spiritual leprosy as well. And he doesn't do that just by having compassion on us for feeling bad. No, he, he takes the disease upon himself. Physically, he is crushed and marred and crippled on the cross. So disfigured that People could not recognize him. He was unrecognizable on the cross. Socially, he was rejected by everyone. He was betrayed. He was denied. He was subject to the scorn and shame of the cross. The rejected of society. Actually, you had to do crucifixions outside the city. Kind of where all the refuse is. Because otherwise you would pollute the city. That's where Jesus spent his last days. And spiritually, as he became sin, he was cut off from God himself. Jesus on the cross, he experienced what it means to be completely without God. And we talked about that, that 
horrible, dark place that this world would be if God withdrew his hand. That is Jesus on the cross. And he endured that so that we would not have to endure eternity in that state. Now, we are spiritual lepers and we have been healed. We have been healed. And that is amazing that God, this master, would become the servant and would save us from this state. Now, we should be thankful. Now, we tend to end our sermons there, right? I, I do. You don't, you don't give sermons. Uh, I, spend, I tend to end there. It's with, with like, okay, that's the gospel. But this, this passage forces us to go a little bit further downstream and ask, well, what do we do with that? What do we do in light of the fact that Jesus Christ has done that for us? That we had leprosy and we are now healed. We are called to connect all of these blessings, salvation and all of these everyday blessings to our blesser Jesus Christ. Look at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Now, just one of the ten, one of these lepers, actually turns back and thanks Jesus. One out of ten. And how does he, how does he thank him? He thanks him by, by praising God, by worshiping God, praising him for his mercy. And he throws himself at his feet, a symbol that he's, he's willing to serve this master that would be so gracious to him. And he, he praises him directly. He, he thanks him for the mercy that he has shown him. He thanks him for the work of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, that is the rare exception to how we tend to respond to the blessings of God. Look at verse 17. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Ten were cleansed. Where are the nine? Now there's this great lie revolving around thankfulness that you would only be, you'd be more thankful if you were more blessed. That there's a direct correlation between blessing and thankfulness. No, that's not true at all. These nine, they were just as blessed as as the one. They received the same restoration. They received all of their life back. And yet they were not thankful. At least we don't see them be thankful at all. No, we cannot blame our thanklessness on the fact that we are, are not blessed enough. And we can't kind of cast it into the future and say, well, I'll be thankful when this happens. Just God, God give me this and, and then I'll be thankful. No, it's, it's chasing after the rainbow that, that keeps eluding you. You're just going to put it past you and look for something else to be thankful for. No, you're called to be thankful in the present. We must be thankful right here and right now. You'll be thankful now or you'll be thankful never. But even though we recognize that, we recognize that we are not often that thankful we think about these leprous people and we think, really, you were just healed 
You are an outcast of society. You are dying. You are rejected by God. And you didn't say anything? You didn't give any thanks. You just kept, kept on walking. Now, why do you think, why do you think they, they didn't say anything? Now, we can hypothesize. I hypothesize a bit. So, let's, let's go through some options. Maybe they just didn't give it much thought. Jesus didn't make it super clear that he was going to heal them. Maybe they just were really excited about the healing and, and forgot about it. Forgot that it had something to do with Jesus. Okay? Maybe they too distracted. Um, maybe they left thinking, well, you know, it's about time that God healed me. Maybe they're bitter and recognize that, no, I should have never been in this state in the first place. How dare I be a leper? I'm, I don't go, oh God, anything. I'm not thankful to him. Or maybe they just moved on with their life. They'd been thinking about what it would look like to, to live a normal life. And once they're healed, they just went out and did it. They're too busy. Uh... Maybe they got really consumed with the commandment itself. Like, go show yourself to the priests. And so they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go show myself to the priests and miss the fact that, no, it's, it's better to, to actually thank God and glorify him for the healing that he gave you. Or maybe, and this is probably the most convicting one, maybe they just wanted the blessing. They didn't want the blesser. They'd gotten what they really wanted, and so they carried on with their lives. Now, we can point our fingers at these nine lepers. But we do all these same things in our heart. We really do. We get distracted. We get entitled. We become bitter. Maybe we get too busy. Maybe we're so busy trying to do the commandments of God that we never actually stop and thank him for what he's done for us. Or maybe we are just selfish. Now, I'd ask you, what keeps you from thankfulness? Which one of these keeps you from thankfulness? Is it distraction? Entitlement? Busyness? Bitterness? Selfishness? Legalism? You like obeying but have no actual joy in your heart? Now we are called to be thankful. And actually, like, we're called to be thankful for our own joy. That there's an enjoyment in being thankful. That you're actually enjoying the creation that are all around you. Have you been around thankful people? They don't seem miserable like they're doing their duty. No, they're, they're loving life. And they're walking through life just rejoicing over all the gifts that God has given them. These are happy people. They're delighting in their thanksgiving. That is where we want to be. Now, how do you get to that state? Well, let's use this leper and learn from him. Why did he come back and offer worship and thanksgiving? Why did he come back and the others didn't? It seems like it's because he truly understood how undeserving he was. He kept that connection between how undeserving he is and how blessed he was. He kept that distance and didn't become entitled. Look at verse 18. 
Was no one found to return and praise and give praise to God except this foreigner? Right, that is the thing that makes this guy unique. He is a Samaritan. He is a foreigner. Now, what does it mean to be a, a foreign Samaritan? Well, he's a Samaritan. He would have understood more deeply than maybe the others that he had no right to any claim on God. That he and his people had rejected God a long time ago. That they'd given into idolatry and that the promises of Israel, the promises of God, they, they aren't, weren't really his anymore. He didn't earn any of this salvation. When he came to a Jewish Jesus, he didn't think that he was entitled to healing. That's what made him different. And I think that's convicting because I think we lose our thankfulness when we get really kind of like enraptured with the fact that we are Christians. We become... Uh, we become an entitled people. And we start serving God and then we start asking, well, I'm serving you so much, God. Maybe I'm entitled to more. Where's my reward? What are you going to give me in return for all that I do for you? Maybe we think that, that we've earned it. That we have some kind of special relationship with God when we forget that, no, it was by mercy. It was by grace that we haven't done anything, that Jesus did the work, that we have no claim on him. It was always mercy and mercy alone, grace and grace alone. It is nothing that we have done. The leper seemed to understand that. He seemed to understand that, that he had no right to any of this. Verse 19, Jesus said to him, rise and go away. Your faith has made you well. Now I wonder to what extent the leper understood who Jesus was. Maybe he could see that, that his, his spiritual leprosy was mirroring his true leprosy. That he needed something more than just a fix to his body. That he needed actual spiritual new life. Maybe. It, it seems like that, but... In the very least, we, should ought, we ought to recognize that point. That we have nothing before God and we have been given everything in Jesus Christ. That he has given us abundant mercy. Thank God that he provides every single moment of every day. And we tend to act like that, that's a blasphemous word. Thank God. No, and he's the one you thank. Not goodness. Thank goodness. No, and thank God. Thank God that he saved us. Thank God that he takes care of, care of us every second. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Now, how might we express that thanksgiving? How might you express that thanksgiving? Maybe it looks like just strolling through life, seeing all of the blessings of God, seeing all of the, these mundane things, and, and seeing the signature underneath them, that this is from God Thank him for it. We really could float through life just like pointing out all of his amazing blessings. It, we have a pleasure garden to live in with God and we are, we are saved. 
We have been saved by Jesus Christ. We have a completely new life. Maybe it looks like just delighting in him. Maybe it looks like going to other people and, and showing them how they're blessed. Non-Christians take a lot for, for granted. And we know the truth that, that all of these things are not just assumptions. They're actually the mercies of God. Maybe it would be looking like connecting the dots for other people. Showing them that, no, that's, that's not just something you expect. That's actually the mercy of God. That is common grace. Maybe it looks like going and blessing others. To bless the undeserved as you are undeserved. To go bless other people as you've been blessed. Maybe it looks like uh, talking to people about how you are ultimately thankful for Jesus Christ. That people ask you about Thanksgiving and like, oh, like, what are you thankful for? Like, I'm thankful for Jesus. And finally, maybe it looks like bringing other lepers with you back to Jesus. That you say, no, come, come with me. Let's go praise God. Let's bow at the feet of Jesus. Let's thank him for all that he's done for us. To, not, to be the one leper who, who turns the ten so that they go as a group together. That, I think, is our, is our vision for Thanksgiving. That we would lead the way and draw others with us. And we are, we are a blessed people, yes? We are thankful people. We have every reason to be thankful. Thank Jesus for what he's done for us. Thank God for Jesus Christ.